It's Friday, August 6, 2021, and this is the People's Podcast. This is Steak for Breakfast. Smokey, this is not Nam, this is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior! America! Steak. For breakfast! So stand by! This episode is brought to you, as always, by ManRubs, ManRubs.com. Barbecue rubs, tools, blowtorches, t-shirts, mugs, and all-around barbecue-related gear. Use code STEAK15 for 15% off your entire order. Also brought to you by Stay Ready Gear, StayReadyGear.com, and Instagram, StayReadyGearUSA. Use the code STEAK for 5% off your order. They've got everything you could possibly need, firearms-related, EDC, custom holsters, on and off duty gear if you are uh, LEO or so inclined. Go get it. Yep. Speaking of whether or not you can conceal carry or if you cannot, you can always get those firearms needs met down at West Coast Survival Arms. Mike's been servicing Southern California and San Diego for over a decade. He's got a five-star rating. He's a licensed FFL. He's also got a lot of ammo. Yeah, if the shooty shoots something that you're interested about, then head on down to West Coast Survival Arms. 619-870-6992. That's West Coast Survival Arms. Uh, some of the world's most technologically advanced in-studio recording gear can be found at Odyssey. Odyssey.com. Um, they have some of the greatest headphones I've ever fit on my head. And uh, they also have some inners. And they actually fit on your head. Yeah, they, they really do. They're extremely comfortable. Uh, we have the M- Mobius... Mobi, Mobi E, for the in studios, and uh, we'll be getting some more shortly. So visit them if you're uh, getting into the pod game or or doing some recording stuff at home, and you want to uh, step your game up a little bit. And Odyssey, we need to answer on the uh, pluralization of yeah. the headphones. That'd be great. Please. Thank you. Um, things that you may not necessarily be great at though is uh, being someone who saves lives, and if you're just mediocre at it. The guys down at Mediocre Medic have tons of gear for you to uh, adorn yourself with. They've got stickers, fanny packs, flip-flops, t-shirts, sweatshirts, you name it. And you want to be mediocre, you go and buy some of their tactical gear. That's where I go to be mediocre. I'm always mediocre. Um, but if you're looking for that gold standard, Mark Joe Friday down at Dumbbox and Dumbbox.us has some of the higher-end tactical flair. Yep. Uh, highest quality patches. I'm wearing my essential veteran t-shirt today. Looking at the coronavirus veteran flag hanging up in our new studio. And uh, Mark's got a whole bunch of stuff like that and more. It's the home of the zero fucks duck. If you don't know, you better ask me because I'll give you a 15% off promo code in the DMs. And I could have used that a long time ago. Yeah, so make sure you go out and support our sponsors. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, almost defiantly... Episode 52, Steak for Breakfast podcast. I'm Rowan, and I'm looking at Noah. Yep, here I am. And at the Zoom, at our new host, Miss Antoinette. Antoinette. <laughs> hey, everybody. How she are thought you we were going to say it wrong. We didn't. <laughs> I know. We did a dry run yesterday. Welcome to the show. How are you guys doing? Good. How, are, how about you guys? Doing pretty well. Noah? I'm good. I just ate half a California burrito. Not hungry for the first time in a while. Yeah, it's weird. Good. So, <laughs> and on that note, why don't we welcome in today's guest via satellite, recently engaged, one of my favorite border advocates, 
Miss Natalie Denise, welcome to Steak for Breakfast. Hey, buddy, and thanks for the congrats. Yeah, very much congratulations your yeah. way. <clears throat> thank you, thank you, thank you. It's great to be back on Steak for Breakfast. It looks like you guys are modernizing everything. You have your own little studio now, huh? A better studio now. Yeah, I mean, we so, kind of had a studio before. <laughs> yeah. It yeah, looked like a studio from a Zoom call anyway. Studio-ish. Now it's actually a studio. Yeah. Definitely less hot than in the sauna that was our old one. Yeah, so just imagine uh, sitting, what, three feet from a metal garage door with the sun baking into it. And then, you know, to, of course, to deaden sound, you hang a big black blanket up against it, which makes it even hotter. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, no, not too I much. I still liked it, but, but this looks nice, too. Yeah, it's better. Yeah, we're getting there. So, a lot of stuff Looks going cozy. on. Oh, it sure is. If it is one thing, it is cozy. So, we're going to jump right into it. Yep. Uh, a lot of stuff going on in the news this week. And for a lot of the people who aren't being patient enough with the Stop the Steal info, we're going to jump right into there. Uh, we're on the heels of a report that originally broke on... Oh, look at that. We're, we're barely five minutes into the show and we could do our first poll. Oh, nice. Yeah. What's this one? Well, he he appeared originally on Steve Bannon's War Room, so I'm going to say Steve Bannon is not cute. Not cute. No, no, Noah, no. Not cute. Antoinette? <laughs> no. Can I take a laugh as a no? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> but you don't think we can take the laugh as a no? or <laughs> Steve Bannon is definitely not cute. Um, <laughs> is anyone here cute? Some people think you know, that We got surprised so. a couple times. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're going to have Norbin Laden on. Again, in a couple of weeks, we'll have to clarify. Oh, right. Yeah. She said she was cute last time. So, yeah. But then again, so did Nick. So, but he was drunk. <laughs> drunk Q? There you go. That would be drunky. Mm. There's, the, there's the plural for that one. Wow. Um, elections expert, former military intelligence analyst, Seth Keschel, he appeared on Bannon's War Room um, earlier in the week to kind of drop a earth shattering election fraud analysis that he did um, just specifying in, in some of the major states that are in contention now, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Nevada, Arizona, Georgia, and Minnesota. He said just there uh, and, and based off of some of the stats that he used to tabulate all that, the, the amount of extra votes that were tallied into the final results was north of 8 million. Safest and most secure election in the history of elections. Yeah, it's kind of the way I heard. My ass. Everybody repeat after me. <laughs> so um, he, he definitely gave out some visuals on his report, but coming from some of the uh, numbers that he gave, it was the trending in the areas, it was the cleaning up of the voter rolls, it was the registered voters... In some of those states, at almost a twenty-one to one clip in favor of the Republicans. Um, just another expert with a pretty robust resume when it comes to the field of statistical analysis and intelligence. I want to get like deeper into those numbers, though. Like, I want like specifics. Like, I want to know how many dead Republicans voted and changed to Democrat votes, mm -hmm. things of that nature. Yeah. This wasn't this wasn't accounting for all the possible cyber flipping of votes either. Yeah. No, this was just based. I mean, the ones that are highlighted here, it says um, trends on analysis in the modern modern protocol error, considering population growth and decline, recent voter history and registration information, including registration to the party. And like I said, in some right. of those states, it was at a 21 to one clip in favor of Republicans. 
not all of them were that high. Yeah. But um, that's just another, I guess we can call him a cyber expert, who's saying it is statistically impossible for Joe Biden to have won the 2020 presidential election. I think it's statistically impossible for him to tie his shoes by himself. Stop it. Didn't (laughs) Didn't you realize that over 350 million people were vaccinated? And you heard, oh my right? God, in the United States. Oh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll hear. Didn't a little he bit. say like two fifty, so like two hundred fifty? So we're point. at the herd immunity thing, then I guess. I mean, there's not that many people. <laughs> I know it's just, just bad. Um, Nat, I don't know if you saw anything on this report this week. What do you think about some of those early numbers that were released? Well, didn't he say 150 people voted for him too? Yeah, he did. Yeah. You know, it's it's not surprising. It, it almost seems like there are new found reports like everywhere, you know, like it just it just feels like every single day there's some new truth that's shined on uh, the, the election fraud. So I like the, the thing that's surprising, though, is this the same uh, person that spoke? What was it in Arizona? I think it was like he was the same thing. He was like a, an army white hat hacker or something like that but it wasn't actually the guy that spoke with rudy yeah i believe so yeah 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 yeah. i'm not sure it might be but it was colonel i'm I'm blanking on his name colonel waldron was with rudy this is actually this is a newer um analysis colonel waldron was with rudy okay Mm -hmm. so i mean it i mean it's it's not surprising no not at all and and like noah mentioned when something like Joe Biden saying 150 people voted for him came out. I mean, it sounds reasonable. Donald Trump was quickly to (laughs) reply to that statement by saying, I hope he meant 150 million. And if that's the case, and I've got 74 million, that makes up the entire voter base. So where did Joe Biden get all the rest of his 80 million (laughs) votes from? Um, he, He came out and issued a statement after this show. I got the votes. And talked. I'm going to try and get into character. I have to, I don't know if there's any. rigged and stolen's in here. But Donald Donald Trump kind of <laughs> responded to this by saying a highly respected military intelligence captain, Seth Keschel, just released a report on national fraud numbers with respect to the 2020 presidential election. I don't personally know Captain Keschel, but these numbers are overwhelming, election changing, and according to Keschel, could be even bigger than that and do not account for the cyber flipping of votes. They show I won the election, all caps, <laughs> by a lot. <laughs> <laughs> now what? Now How do you wa- not like this guy. Now watch the Democrats um, defame, threaten, investigate, jail people, and do whatever they have to do to keep the truth from surfacing, and let the Biden administration continue to get away with destroying the country. The irregularities and outright fraud of this election are an open wound to the United States and America. Something must be done immediately. <laughs> <laughs> do you miss me? They miss me. Sure do. Yep. Um. But yeah, that was kind of his response to that and and kicked off our week into the stop the steal, um, you know, as we get into our state by state breakdown, starting with Arizona. So it was a pretty quiet week for Trump. He, he announced this week that he's going to be doing a rally in late August down in Alabama. Yeah, Alabama. But besides that, he kind of just has been doing those. Um, When's he coming out here? I want to go. Sponsorship dinners. I don't know. Probably. Well. Who knows? Maybe if, if Larry Elder wins the runoff election in September, he might make a stop out here. Nice. Which is starting to look like it's more of a thing than not. I got my uh, e- e-ballot in the mail. How'd that go? Yeah, I'd looked at it. But it's nice because you can actually click, you know, specifically 
recall Gavin Newsom and, and then, then all want. these other choices. So I just nice. want to know, does it invalidate your ballot if you don't pick somebody else and you just pick you want him recalled? Or does it all Good have question. to be filled out? I don't know. I'm sure they'll they'll use that as a reason to invalidate votes that don't go their way. I did read the other day. I don't know his name off the top of my head. There is a Democrat also running, but I don't really feel like he's going to be able to. There's like two pages of people. Yeah, but at the end of the day, the only thing that needs to pass is recall. Right, fifty percent plus one, and then whoever has the highest percentage of votes um, in the contenders is our new governor. So out here in California, that's kind of the way it's working. Um, start. I think Elder would be great. Yeah, I think he would too. I think he aligns a lot with Trump. He's already come out and put his name on certain things that he's not going to do, like mandate masks, mandate vaccines, and mandate lockdowns. So at the very least, he's better than Newsom off the off the bat. Maybe that's just because he wants to go to restaurants, go on vacation, and send his kids to school, which is completely fine. Just let everybody else do it. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I definitely think he's better than some of the – contenders we had going early on i I feel like a lot of the uh conservative cable news cycle hosts are breathing a sigh of relief not having to have caitlin jenner on their shows anymore because (laughs) yeah baby it was like it was like they were reading off of a cue card and didn't know what to say when asked about certain things and you could see all of these hosts just like cringing the whole time that they were talking so did you see you know what cpop at CPAC, when Caitlyn Jenner was here, we were actually in the uh, or the or what what the guy who uh, you remember that viral video where they were chasing after him? Yeah. After Caitlyn, uh, that's actually uh, what is his name? The black the black conservative preacher. He was actually in our little group. Um, so it was interesting. I was like, "Yo, that was your video! Like it went viral. <laughs> that was insanity." <laughs> We were just kind of like, you know, hanging around each other. And they were like, dude, his video is going viral right now. I'm like, wait, him? But that was, that was hilarious. That's funny. But, I don't um, think I've seen that. It, it, it was actually in the hotel lobby. He's chasing after um, Caitlyn Jenner. And he's asking him, like, you know, what do you think about LGBTQ being taught in schools? And, you know, Caitlyn Jenner, of course, avoided his question. But the other thing that I was going to comment on with the uh, California you know, recall is, you know, it's funny how they're all of a sudden, you know, going on lockdowns and suggesting at home ballot. It's like essentially the same exact thing that just happened November 3rd. Well, two plus two is always four. Yeah. Same playbook. Yeah. Well, unless unless you're using whatever the new math is. Yeah. If people can't see this, like for what it is, especially after what happened, I don't think that I think they're lost forever. Pretty interesting stuff going on in California right now. I'm in the preference of that we're not going to see too many state mandated lockdowns or vaccine issuances or digital passports in California for at least the next month because that would probably be the proverbial nail in his coffin um, due off to most recent polls to where the recall efforts almost near 50 percent so for him to go out and jump on some of these other democratic governors who are locking down everybody right now would pretty much get him over the finish line to be done um, that's just my opinion, though. I mean, that right now they're suggesting that you do certain things, like if businesses want to have people get vaccinated or want people to wear masks, but we're not getting as yeah. many of the state-issued mandates that we saw for the last 18 months here. Uh, would you say, like, you guys are feeling, like, the spirit of revolt right now, like, in California? Like Oh, people are fed up here big time. 
Yeah. I'm not even in California and I, if there's all the friends that I have there, yeah, they're like yeah. feeling it hard. If, if they're saying on the television in California, like the local news is that the Gavin Newsom recall numbers are up in the high forties. Imagine what they really are. Oh, they're huge for sure. So yeah, I, I think that kind of a panic sets in and, and you, I did watch a segment on the news today where Gavin Newsom was basically, he had like a, in his office end of the week press conference and he was basically throwing it out there. Like, I don't understand why the DNC hasn't come in here to help me out. That's basically what he was saying. <laughs> so, you know, it's one of those Bail things. Bail me out. Bail me out. <laughs> exactly. So he's already gotten some money from, from big tech and, mm-hmm. and, and from some other places that he usually gets it. But the actual DNC hasn't come in and dug their right. heels in here because I think they know he's probably already lost. They're going to throw him under the bus anyway, like they're doing to Cuomo, you know. Yeah, I'm getting ready for, they, for an allegation yeah. or two to come out here soon. You never know. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, maybe he uh, tickled somebody in the French laundry. Oh, God. French, <laughs> French laundry tickler. Yeah, it was George Lopez. Oh. <laughs> um. All right, like getting back to Stop the Steal right now, we're, we're starting in Arizona first where we have some of our favorite heavy hitters this week that were jumping on the news. Most bastedly, Wendy Rogers. She's kind of a tweet master as of late. Um, she basically called out the Uniparty and, and the cabal the other day in a tweet saying that they were the ones that were, you know, kind of doing all this stuff to the country. And if you don't see that by now, you're a complete idiot. I like it. Yeah. She took to uh, One America yesterday and, and sat down with, uh, I believe, Natalie Harp to do a little segment. Republican senators there, because obviously you're outraged about this. Sonny Borelli's outraged about it. We know about the two rhinos that wouldn't have voted with you anyway. They've turned on the audit. Paul Boyer and Michelle Ugenti Rita. Are the other Republican senators outraged as you are? How many do you know? Well, they are becoming increasingly outraged. And as I've said before, I think at the end of the day, when all of this is disclosed, uh, even Democrats will be outraged because there won't be anywhere for them to hide. And I just ran into some people yesterday or two days ago who actually worked at the audit, and they're just chomping at the bit, ready to speak to the press once their non-disclosure agreements uh, expire. There are 2,000 volunteers who were vetted, background checked, and who worked on the floor of the audit, and they're just waiting to speak. Well, this is what's so unbelievable is how long this has taken simply because they slow walked it. If they had gotten you all the information from the very beginning, this would have been over months ago, but they wanted to drag it out. They wanted to make it feel like it didn't matter anymore, but people want to see these results. They want to see them now. What is unbelievable with this judge that's ruled saying that you all have to provide your records immediately, why can't you all get a judge to rule and say, we need to see Maricopa's records immediately? Well, exactly. And also, you know, I do get that question, how long uh, will it take? It'll probably be two or three or four more weeks because these guys are buried. Uh, The venue site has been swept clean and we've turned it back over. Uh, But all of the data crunching and the number crunching is still happening. And I talked to Doug Logan, who works very, very hard. I've passed him information. Keep uh, the information coming, folks, because these whistleblower accounts and stuff, facets of that information is uh, information that he actually needs and appreciates. So don't think that they know everything. Uh, Their procedures are immaculate and precision-oriented, but more information is better. And they are the most excellent 
uh, professionals we could ever have. These are computer scientists who love their country and who want to get to the bottom. So as I said before, when we were on the floor looking at the audit, there were two or three lawyers at all times uh, circulating around on the audit floor. We knew this was going to happen. This is no surprise. This whole uh, legal wrangling. And to your point, Natalie, the reason they keep putting it off is so to try crazy. to change mm -hmm. the narrative to mask mandates and vaccine mandates and all this kind of thing. Boring. But we are not uh, losing focus. We are homing in on the target and they better watch their six o'clock position is all <laughs> I can say. Are you all working on six. combating the disinformation? Because now that the audit war room has been suspended, different accounts are. Thankfully, you haven't, which is surprising considering some of your red-hot tweets out there. Good, Twitter, don't suspend her. But what is your campaign to do that? Because the fact that they're blue-check verified, the fact that they have their own justthefacts.vote, where they're fact-checking, in air quotes, everything that you're doing, do you have a game plan or are you simply waiting till all the results get out and then that's your official rebuttal? Well, Wendy Rogers' game plan is to stay sharp, stay frosty, as my Marine son says, and to be forward-leaning. I mean, I'll be at the Cyber uh, Symposium next week in oh, Sioux go. Falls, South Dakota. I'm meeting up with Doug Mastriano in, uh, later in the month in Gettysburg. I'm doing an event with Christina Caramo, who's running for Secretary of State in Michigan. Um, we're hitting the road tomorrow, uh, my husband and I, and we're going to various states to encourage because we will get to the bottom of 2020 in Arizona, and uh, but for Arizona. So we will encourage other states to do the same. And I'm, I'm excited. I'm pumped. I'm fired up. And we're going to get this done. And we're going to get it done across the country. What's your message to people? Because being part of the resistance, maybe at the beginning people get excited about it, but once the resistance starts coming against you and you get the pushback and you get sued, how do you keep going? And what's your message to those states that perhaps are afraid to take the next step? You know you are over the target when this happens. This is, this is what happens when you're making inroads into the enemy. They, they become bold, but we become bolder because we know we are on track. We know that we are finding the truth and things are falling away and fragmenting. And you just have to persevere, everyone. We've already shored up our position, my position on social media, for example, uh, with Telegram and Gab and Rumble. But just to your point, two days ago, I was with all these nurses downtown Phoenix at the uh, Phoenix uh, Banner Health. And she'll continue to, you know, elaborate a little bit on the rest of that story, talking about how she basically was telling them to hold the line because they were telling her they had nothing going on in the hospitals down there in regards to the inflated COVID numbers that are going around. But there were a lot of comms in that little bit over three minutes of audio we listened to she talked about being over the target she told watch your six stay frosty like uh, <laughs> yeah and, and things like that I mean she's she's probably one of the you know biggest reasons why that Arizona audit is, is where it's at right now which is at issuing subpoenas again and, and kind of leaving it in the secretary of state's court for the time being while they're figuring out if they can issue uh, warrants for some of these bad actors that are involved in not turning over the equipment that they need to finish the rest of the audit there. What do you think? I like bad actors getting in trouble. Do you like Wendy Rogers? Yeah, I'm a fan. Yeah. 
I love her. She's such a legend. Yeah, she, she's <laughs> Wendy Rogers has more cajones than a lot of these other Republicans. Like it, it amazes me that she's like one of the only people out there raging against it the, at, at the tenacity that she has for it. She's like a mini Trump. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She essentially is. You know, funny story. I actually went to Arizona a couple months ago for yeah. a small little tiny rally. Wendy Rogers comes out and we, we did it in front of like the, the Capitol, uh, the little rally we had for, I think it was like in support of the audit. Okay. And uh, Wendy Rogers comes out and uh, she basically comes out to greet us and uh, we all prayed over her. I thought that was pretty Aww. cool. And then like right after that, like she, you just see her like a pit bull out there. So I, I, I just like, it amazes me though, that she's like the only person out there that's really raging against it the way she is. She's so fearless. Like she is. I hope that there's a lot more other, you know, politicians out there that feel that sense of fight because she's really leading the charge right now. She's yeah. inspiring a lot of people. And I feel like she's kind of leading the way and hopefully others step in and do, you know, back her and do the same thing sure. we need more like her for sure yeah for sure someone who is pretty similar to her and uh has also been doing a lot of the uh cable news circuit is mr sonny borelli he, he's also pretty based and doesn't give a shit uh when he goes on interviews on some of the mainstream cable news networks you hear him he's usually sitting in his pajamas he salutes <laughs> the camera from a seated position um <laughs> sometimes he's eat, he's eating <laughs> right into the microphone while they're trying to talk to him and CNN commentators trying to, you know, ask him a question. He's just sitting there like, sounds like episode he one. He gives zero, zero Fs. Yeah. He, he's in the same dojo of baseness as Miss Wendy Rogers. And uh, I pulled some audio of him talking about how the um, people who were issued the subpoenas for the Dominion voting machines, the Splunk records, the passwords and stuff just ignored them in that, now that they've expired, what are the next steps? Let's hear what he had to say. On this, Arizona Senate Majority Whip and the Senator representing Arizona's 5th Legislative District, Sonny Borelli. Sonny, we see that letter. We see you filed. How soon do you think you're going to get an answer from the Attorney General there? Well, thank you for having me on today. So, I mean, I, I watched your whole commentary, and all I can say is I'm Sonny Borelli, and I approve that message because <laughs> you are 100% spot on. I'm really confident that the attorney general uh, will follow through with this. Uh, the attorney general did send an amicus brief, if you will, when the county was challenging us uh, on our subpoena. He wrote to the court saying our subpoenas are legal and enforceable and, and therefore should, they should comply. And the judge concurred with them and, and told the county, yes, their subpoena, our subpoenas are legal and enforceable, so I suggest you follow through, because that was what was before the court. That was the question before the court. Uh, so the judge had made a ruling if our subpoenas were legal, and they were. So, uh, and you're right. Uh, everything you said was, was spot on. So, Bernovich, uh, that's interesting. So yeah. he did get involved before because he's been virtually silent about this. He can, he's not ruling on the fraud. Even in November, you can find him on Neil Cavuto going around saying that Biden won Arizona within a week of November 3rd. Does he care about what you're all working on, or is it all part of the show? Well, we shall see. I, 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 I'm not going to question his integrity. I mean, he did fight for Arizona on challenging, uh, on fighting back and, and making sure that our, our ballot harvesting law uh, stayed intact at the Supreme Court. 
He has done several amicus briefs uh, during this this challenging process. Uh, so I'm going to give him a, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I mean, once you give it, you got to give him something for him to act on. Now I'm giving him something to act upon, and that is they're challenging the direct authority of the state senate. Our only remedy now is because we're out of session. Like you said, you had uh, we needed to have uh, one, you know, 16 senators to vote for the contempt, which given would have given the authorization for the president of the Senate uh, to issue a warrant to the sergeant arms to go take them into custody. Since uh, Paul Boyer voted with the Democrats, they just completely undermined not just the, the legislature's authority, but the citizens' authority to have direct representation, because that's what we are, direct right. representation. So there's him kind of explaining, you know, I know a lot of our listeners always say, uh, well, here we go. They, they had these uh, subpoenas, Dominion and the County Board of Supervisors in Maricopa ignored them again. So now what do we do? And he's kind of explaining how <clears throat> because President Fan, who's, you know, in charge of the uh, state Senate and pretty much overseeing the whole audit as the administrator has kind of taken like a diplomatic and, uh, you know, appropriate route. Um, but he also kind of alludes to the fact that you know, there are two rhino Republicans in the, in the Senate now who are there literally in name only, and both one didn't vote and one voted with the Republicans, making it a split 14-14, which kind of gets us to the point where, you know, they couldn't issue warrants because there was a split in the state Senate based off of the subpoenas that were issued. So, so right now, he says the time for being appropriate and maybe status quo is, is kind of past and, and kind of alludes to the fact that President Fan now may be uh, utilizing some of the law enforcement aspects at the state level in Arizona to try and see if we can uh, get those Dominion uh, voter machine uh, roll records and, and passwords and stuff moving forward. It still amazes me. Like, how many subpoenas are they up to? And they're just like, yeah, go fuck yourself. Believe it or not, it was only two. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, that's right. one, one more than I would have gotten arrested for. Sure. Well, yeah, me too. Antoinette, you think you would have gotten arrested if you would have ignored a, a state Senate issued subpoena? I mean, obviously, <laughs> Natalie's obviously laughing, the, peasants, so. the peasants get uh, get nabbed. Well, she's a little bit more high scale than we are, but not by that oh, much. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just pretty funny to, uh, you know, have to see these politicians go on there and kind of explain how, you know, the Constitution and the law has to get slow walked for them when they're the ones that are number one, legally in the right. And number two, the ones who are actually issuing the, the lawful demands and orders. But again, and their state Senate right now is in recess, I believe until sometime later in the month. So they're going to be hitting the road. They're going to be going to Wisconsin and the cyber symposium in South Dakota. They're going to be going to Pennsylvania to meet with Doug Mastriano over there and try to get those pieces set up to where, where all these state senates reconvene um, later in the month that they can go ahead and get their audits kicked off. I really feel like uh, one of the other things and directly related to the Dominion stuff that came out this week was uh, that drop on Telegram from Feedy McSniffins himself, Ron Watkins. Feedy McSniffins. Yeah. He uh, kind of gave out some, you know, information to all of the users that basically showed it was about a one and a half minute video that, that kind of uh, alluded to the fact that when you start up some of these computers, the, the software that was running initially would be the ones that, uh, you know, would have to connect to the Internet to make sure the rest of the computers and all of its systems were logging on. He kind of explained it in a way that... Well, there was different options for how you could log in, and each, each iteration of login would change the 
available options for you to connect, I think. That's what it was. Yeah. Something like that. And I, th- I think a lot of people were maybe a little disappointed to the amount of information that was dropped. But, you know, Ron's never been a huge, I think ever since he came out with that groundbreaking Lynn Wood accusations of Mike Pence and John Roberts being pedophiles and stuff, he kind of has slow walked the way he kind of dropped stuff out. But he basically outlined it in the fact that, you know, this Dominion whistleblower kind of gave everybody the know that these computers not only were connected to the internet, he showed them exactly how using the Dominion software when you log on to these systems. So I think the best point to take away from that is, is that the whistleblower said, this is from a state that is not currently being audited and not from Arizona. So it's happened in other places. I think it's pretty groundbreaking to say the least. And at the end of the day, Ron said it's about 1% of the information that he has and that he's willing to release right now. Um, probably more to come shortly though. what do you think of that, Antoinette? I mean, I think they're scared shitless right now. <laughs> and he just gave them a little taste and a glimpse of what's to come. There's a lot more that's going to be revealed. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I know that we've all touched on figuratively now, Ron here to there over the course of, you know, probably all of our shows, either ones that we've done or ones that we've been on. Uh, what do you feel about him kind of coming back to the forefront of this whole stop the steel movement, you know, right when it seems like we're coming to a wave cresting in regards to information coming out. I think it's uh it's totally interesting also, you know, the technical aspects. I think there was like something like 350 I, it was like a wild number. I don't know if you guys saw this, but it was like the w- Microsoft Windows uh to one of these systems for um I think I think it was in Arizona. They changed they went in anonymously. Uh, anonymous logins into Microsoft Windows to to these these systems that were hosting the the software, and uh, that's not the typical that's not like the typical activities. So I just um, I'm interested to see a lot more stuff like that, the technical aspects, and then like the SQL Server like not being approved, but yet it was on there. Like they they were able to like what you could do with SQL Server, you can script like certain algorithms for for data, and yeah. that's specifically what they did they specifically essentially scripted uh a a uh, what is it called yeah like um, one vote for this person equals one and a half votes and one exactly. vote for this person equals yeah 75 75 exactly. of a vote or less probably given the 80 I think million that's just votes absolutely wild that's wild i mean i i want to see more stuff like that more technical aspects come out uh but uh yeah i mean it's like i said like th- this stuff is so unprecedented and it's it's amazing that we get to witness like massive massive truth yeah. uh, uncovering that even down in houston i mean i think uh, uh there there was a news article that was circulating about the uh the audit uh possibly happening for harris county yeah i think that that's like that's wild you know like in texas in, in texas although we were we kind of went through um we, we, we went through red, but it's like, that's unheard of in Harris County, like that we actually get probed for audits. There was even like, I think there was like a, a guy who was testifying. He's like, why are you guys not questioning this? It's just amazing. Like seeing even it down at a local level, how this is really affecting the way that we get involved civic, like in a civic process. 
Um, so I, I don't know, like I, I just really excited to see more and more explosive details like that to keep technical aspects. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's absolutely crazy just because the, the absolute panic that they were in, that they would just go just full tilt into this, like here, somebody cue the pipe break and we're going to just going to pause everything. Like it's just insane. Yeah. No, I, I so I, obvious. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And and some of the things that are getting referenced here, what, what Nat was talking about, the the logins was um, came out in the original preliminary uh, forensic audit report that they had in front of the committee in Maricopa a couple weeks ago. Yeah, where the cyber expert basically said over the course of a five day span, eight users used one common password to access the systems that tabulated the votes thirty seven thousand times. Yeah, seems, that's seems like a lot. I mean, unless you were using a computer program. I mean, I, I get locked out of my email if I try four times. To manipulate another computer program, right? that's, that's almost physically impossible. I don't know if you, there's enough time in all of those days to log in and out of a system 37 times between eight people. I mean, there's, yeah, there's, there's, there's were successful logins. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and then, you know, talking about Harris County, that's a good one that you've pointed out. We've covered it briefly. And then I'll also reference back to uh, one of the state senators that's calling for an audit recount in Oklahoma where Donald Trump won the state by 77% of the vote at a seven to one margin and all 70 plus counties. However, the state Senate there says, well, if he won it by that much, how do we know they still didn't shave points off because optics mean nothing when you're winning by almost 80%. Yeah. So, you know, things like that are getting called out all over the country, especially in Michigan where their state Senate was going to wrap until after Labor Day this week, they did hold a Senate hearing on election integrity and had one of the state senators there kind of present the issues that he's having and what he'd like to see moving forward. Let's listen real briefly what he had to say during that uh, state hearing. We want to see the ballots. We want to see the poll books. We want to see the cables, the tabulators. We want to see it all. And if you prove to us, Mr. Biden, with all due respect, We'll accept you as our president. We will accept you as our senators and our state representatives to heal this state and to heal this country. I have not lived for 62 years with kids, grandkids, and great-grandkids to see this election stolen, which is what we believe. Prove us wrong. All you have to do is that auditing of the books, the ballots, in full disclosure with a Democrat, a Republican, an independent, Jocelyn Benson, Governor Whitmer, Mr. Biden in the room. If you do that, the truth will be shown and our land will be healed. So that's an impassioned plea from one of the uh, state representatives from the state of Michigan during a uh, Senate Oversight Committee hearing this week before they broke for summer recess on where that state's going currently. They have some of their audits um, requests held up in court at the moment. It sounded more heartfelt than the uh, January 6th insurrection crybabies. We're not even talking about that this week. Yeah, it sounded like he was pleading. Do we know who this guy is? I like how he says, Mr. Biden, with all due respect, we'll call him President (laughs) Biden. It doesn't mean you get to say whatever you want. For the record, that guy looks like Randy Quaid. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. So he had what's his name? You know what? The clip's a minute and a half long and it just says Senate Oversight Committee hearing. It's on C-SPAN three. So they're not really good with with names, but I'll send you that one as well. Yes. So Wisconsin was kind of in the middle this week up until today. Um, 
they did have a, an interesting piece of Georgia-like information come out this week. Um, the Gateway Pundit reported yesterday that Wisconsin election officials, in an attempt to cover their tracks, removed quietly from their voter rolls more than, not two, not 20, 200,000 people from their voter rolls. That's uh, Are we surprised? Substantive. <laughs> yeah. Um, they said they finally removed these voters off their rolls because they have registered in new counties. They have registered out of state. Now remove their votes. Or have died. <laughs> can, they, can they remove their votes? So, yeah, in, in, a, in a stunning admission, and, and similar to what happened when, when Brad Raffensperger, the Secretary of State in Georgia, got caught a couple weeks ago with his pants down uh, doing the same thing. And an update on that. Out of the 200,000 that they were planning on removing, 187,000 people were removed, did not respond back as alive in-state, in-county voters where they're supposed to be. So, wow. that's, that, yeah, that's what's going on in Georgia. But the same thing also happened in Wisconsin this week. And then today, uh, the Wisconsin State Senate um, issued subpoenas and said, regardless of what anybody wants to do in that state, they're going to be holding a forensic audit Arizona style, regardless of what anybody thinks. I like and, it. Yeah, that, that two broke, counties, right? Two counties. Uh, n- n- number one, Milwaukee, which is the biggest one. Um, and I got a little bit more news on that in a bit. Uh, they had a huge rally today at the state Senate Capitol, uh, hosted by several of the people who were involved with the audits and had some speakers, which included people all the way up and through Sheriff Clark, um, who gave a pretty powerful, almost 30 minute speech today. Uh, on voter integrity and some of the stuff that's going on in this, uh, in this, you know, past election, but but sticking in the same state uh, earlier this week, and in the early hours of November fourth, after midnight, when all of the voting stuff was supposedly shut down, uh, a recently released email from someone on the Democrat side of the oversight of the twenty twenty presidential election shows that. Uh, they knew some stuff was going on the night of the election, and they were kind of joking about it uh, via email, inner office email, which is FOIAable. Did they uh, <laughs> put like an email that said, <laughs> quote unquote, pipe burst? Well, I'll give you an excerpt from the email. And and this goes to uh, an email to Claire Woodall-Vogg, who was with the executive director of elections in Milwaukee on November 3rd of this year, um, sent this. Damn, Claire, you have a flair for the drama, delivering just the margin needed at 3 a.m., end quote. I bet you had these votes counted up at midnight and just wanted to keep the rest of the world waiting. And that's kind of how the email ends. That's an email from one Democratic election staffer to the person who was the executive overseeing all of the elections in Milwaukee County on November 4th after the polls were closed. So that 180-something thousand vote bump that Biden got in the middle of the night in Milwaukee County and Wisconsin looks like it came at the hands of some fraud due to the um, meat and potatoes kind of of this email that was leaked to the media this week. Nice. Yeah. That's These pretty- people are so stupid. <laughs> I know. It's insane. <laughs> Like how, how they're so comfortable and that's the thing like that's why it's going to be I feel it's going to be uncovered because these people were just so comfortable with their own systems inner office mail you know just leaving breadcrumbs here and there they never would have imagined that the internet would have backfired on them yeah, well, yeah. there were truths 
true they're scattered scattered everywhere yeah, you know you, and covering their bullshit you, you they've had, been doing it for so long though exactly. that's the thing so they got so comfortable with it they didn't think they'd ever exactly. get caught especially exactly. in places like milwaukee atlanta and philadelphia those those places for as long as i've been old enough to follow politics and i'm in i'm entering my mid-40s now um you know there's always been just absolute disasters going on in places like that. Um, Philly's Shady been, shit. Yeah, been one of the biggest yeah. hotbeds since I've probably been an adult. Um, segue into Georgia as we're wrapping up Stop the Steal here. Um, Rep. Jody Heiss is calling for a friends against investigation into the Georgia 2020 presidential election. Um, the counties that are mentioned now are DeKalb, Fulton, Clayton, um, in addition to, uh, one other one where, where there was a lot of stuff going on with the, the voter rolls and the chain of custody sheets. And, and that, and that seems to be moving forward. Jody Heist has put in an official, um, injunction there in the court to kind of get that moving up. We also have the Garland Favorito. And then there was one guy, I forget what he was. He was like one of the election oversight people. He's a Democrat. He's an older black guy. We talked about it last week on the show. He, came out hard against anything going wrong uh, back in November. And now he's one of the people that's saying, you know, we kind of need to look into it. So, so Georgia seems every time they try to hold up one of the things in Georgia, a new election integrity group or state legislator kind of files new um, papers with the court. Like, listen, if you're not going to do it in that County, here's two more. If you're not going to do it in this County, here's three more. Like let's figure out what's going on in Georgia. And you have the scrubbing of the voter rolls. Um, going on in that state as well. Uh, a poll came out this week that showed 90% of all registered voters, and it's not all registered voters in the United States, it's 90% of all registered voters that they ask across the demographics, men, women, all the ethnicities, Democrat, Republican, and uh, independents. 90% of those polled this week thought that election cheating is a hot topic and issue um, in the country right now. One of the main top three issues in addition to the economy and border security. I'm leaving COVID out of it because every news outlet will tell you that that's number one, but we don't. And 74% of those polled out of the 90% who agreed that cheating is an issue uh, support voter ID. So get ready for, you know, the Democrats to say voter ID is a great idea and Republicans have already been against it. Um, (laughs) and, And that was a poll that was covered that was conducted by Rasmussen and then issued uh, in a report from the Gateway Pundit. Um, you guys were talking about being comfortable. Uh, you know who wasn't comfortable this week was one of our worst friends, uh, Joe Doucheborough over at MSNBC. He Doucheborough. Yeah, you like that one? Yeah. <laughs> He's pretty terrible. He was, he was kind of laying into, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that's going on with the – we've already talked about it. He kind of went on a – literal replacement theory rant no less than a month ago after Tucker Carlson talked about it, where he <laughs> said, if you don't like it here, leave and we'll, we'll oh, import people from the guy. third world to come yeah, in to make yeah. citizens who will vote the right way. The right way. Oh, I see. Yes. Yeah, so, so that's, that's where it started and heading into Lindell Fest next week. Can't wait. This is where MSNBC <laughs> was at last night. We are surrounded by visible enemies to the Republic. And Arizona is just a calling card for what might happen in the future. Because it's not just Arizona. You know this, I know this, a lot of people know this. It's Georgia, it's Michigan, it's Pennsylvania. It's state after state where they are altering election laws and posing a threat to the most fundamental right that we have as Americans, the right to vote. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you, you, you have to look to the source of the disinformation. And in Jane's piece, Wait, she what? points to huh? uh, the Lynn and Harry Bailey Foundation as people your who Harry are Bailey funding right the here. big lie, uh, <laughs> funding a lie to Call undermine lie. American democracy, undermine Western democracy. Uh, if uh, someone is a member of the Lind and Harry Bradley Foundation, whoever they are, wherever they work, uh, it sure would be good if they would explain why they are part of a group that is working to undermine American democracy, working to actually throw out the vote count of Republicans in Arizona, in Maricopa County, simply because they don't like who won the election. So, again, that's the, the Lynn and Harry Bradley Foundation. Um, I'm I, I, uh, not that's a familiar joke. with them, uh, but obviously uh, uh, big, big funders of this. Uh, but there are, as Jane said, a lot of people with, with, with good reputations are on there. They need, to, they need to, to, to explain. Do they believe, each one of them needs to explain, do they believe that Donald Trump should be president of the United States? Do they believe the election was stolen in Maricopa County? Do yes. they support the foundation that they've associated themselves with for whatever reasons? Do they believe that this is work uh, that is worthy of being funded? That's part number. Well, they're trying to see where the money comes from. Unfortunately, an overwhelming majority of the money that's going into these audits is from very public and prominent people either in the party or who are in control of election integrity PACs. So the paper trail doesn't really go all the way back to people like George Soros, as is usually the case when it's stuff from the Dems or the Clinton Foundation or Stacey Abrams and, and things of that nature. So gross. Yeah, MSNBC was kind of, uh, you know, not having a good time with it. And I think the only appropriate way to segue from Stop the Steal into some of the other big news that's going on right now is all the stuff that's going on with Mr. Mike Lindell, Um, former crackhead turned pillow farmer. I really like Clay Clark's intro. Mr. Mike Lindell. Yeah, it's definitely (laughs) pretty good. It's definitely uh, something to check out. But, um, you know, it's so weird and you even want to talk about it maybe on in like, and I'm not quoting the Bible, but in a biblical perspective, how God often takes some of the worst people, maybe not by the things they do, but how they live their lives. And then they come to him, they get saved, and then at some point they figure out how God wants to use them. There's almost no other way to explain the situation. Mike Lindell is in, Mike Lindell is in right now. Um, and it's, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, he, he's kind of getting ready to start the cyber symposium and has been running around some of the cable news circuits over the last week, um, and did a sit down last night with some of our good friends over at, uh, CNN. Friends? Yeah. Frenemies? So I'll, I'll, I'll lay a little backstory here. CNN went out and uh, kind of found people who they would consider to be cyber experts. Oh, yeah. So let me guess. They found people that you know, <laughs> agreed with them. Right. And who worked at Radio Shack. They sat down. As a cashier. Correct. With Mike. <laughs> and and kind of did an interview. And basically the whole justification for them saying that whatever Mike's going to do with the cyber symposium is null and void is due to the fact that um, 
he might be getting scammed and that he doesn't have enough experience and that their experts are saying that this stuff isn't true. Um, you know, and yeah, it, I don't believe that. Yeah, it was, it was actually a pretty, pretty interesting, uh, watch. And, um, let's check out some of it. Some of the experts from the Anderson Cooper show last night, one of our most creepiest friends. Mm. Hilarious. <laughs> As evidence that China hacked U.S. voting systems and switched votes for the former president to Biden votes. In a moment, you'll hear what two dozen election officials and cyber experts contacted by CNN two say dozen. about those claims. Lindell is not backing down even as he faces a lawsuit from voting machine maker Dominion alleging he's defamed the company with his false accusations and Lindell's company is countersuing. CNN's Drew Griffin went to Minnesota to talk to Lindell about his claims that threaten democracy. Here's Drew's report. The My Pillow Guy. Mike Lindell. Yes, the My Pillow Guy is convinced China hacked the election, Donald Trump really won, and Lindell has the absolute proof. They're they so did fucking it in all the states. Every and they changed the vote. Every single Terrified. state. And you have the proof. Yes. The that will capture. show. I, I have the whole the data. The actual me. exchange of votes. Yep. Yep. 100%. 100%. It is, of course, complete nonsense. Despite every piece of so-called evidence Lindell has presented so far, That's not gonna three age videos, well. a lawsuit, screenshots he sent to CNN, there's still no proof that the election was hacked, and that's according to two dozen cyber experts and election officials contacted by CNN. 100% evidence. When Lindell released his so-called evidence in videos like this, Fact checkers quickly found out it was evidence of nothing. These images are just publicly available voter data scrolling across the screen, not proof of election hacking. So Lindell changed his story, saying now the real evidence will be revealed at a cyber symposium, streamed live with my pillow discounts available throughout. And as further proof, he sent CNN a preview. Six different screenshots. Oh, I thought six you different pillows. You sent this on Friday. Yeah. What is this? That's just yeah. one piece of 1.2 billion lines of data from the election. Okay. There's within that will be timestamps of when of when it happened. There'll be flips in there. So we sent this to our own experts. Mm -hmm. He said that, that it doesn't show any specific actions of any kind, election related or not and it's proof of, of nothing. Okay, so he said that's nothing, huh? Well, he's wrong, then you didn't hire a cyber expert. We didn't I consult just one cyber expert, we <clears throat> consulted nine top election security experts who told us Lindell's screenshots were extremely rudimentary metadata and completely ridiculous. We also reached all 15 officials from the 15 counties where Lindell says, without any proof, votes were hacked and switched Lindell mentions some of the counties in his videos and lists them out in his counter lawsuit against Dominion voting. They are counties that use paper ballots counted by systems not connected to the Internet. Every one of them told CNN there is no evidence they were hacked by anyone. You identify 15 counties where the votes were switched. We contacted all 15 counties, red and blue. Good for you. Red and blue. That doesn't matter. And we couldn't find a single person that said this is even possible. They say, are you mistaken? Right. They think you're wrong. Right. The bottom line is they have paper, right. ballot, backups right. That's that good. prove that they were not. So you guys went and they let you audit there? They let you do a full audit, CNN? You guys did a full audit on 15 counties, huh? 
We did what Lindell did <laughs> not do. We went to Delta County, Michigan to see how the election was carried out. Trump won here, nearly two to one. The state Michigan entry point owner, Delta County. In his videos and his lawsuit, Lindell claims someone in China hacked the election system here and stole away China. precisely 3,215 Trump votes and turned them into Biden votes. The Republican county clerk, Nancy Prezraki, finds the allegation laughable for one main reason. It is never connected to the internet. Never. Never connected to the internet at all whatsoever. Liar. Not only are they not connected to the internet, Just like the, the votes are machine. cast by hand on paper. Voters scan their ballots into this Dominion scanning machine oh, where two digital storage cards oh. keep a tally. Oh. The paper ballot goes right into this bin under lock and seal. And they would continue to go on for a little bit. Yeah. So here's the thing. The piece starts out saying that they contacted over two dozen experts. I'm telling you, cashiers at Radio Shack. And by the time they got to the end of it, they were in Mike's face saying, we talked to nine experts. So <laughs> exactly 25-ish goes down. I didn't even catch that. And not only that, but when they go to some of these counties, especially, okay, first of all, Dominion voting machines and Smartmatic technology connected to the internet. Before November 3rd was not a thing. Mm -hmm. After November 3rd, it's kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. In at least Michigan, Georgia, and Arizona, we've been able to prove it's a thing. In addition, to, in addition yeah. to that, well, the information they, that Ron produced this week shows they that- said it's not a thing. Right. So. In one of the states that's not up for an audit, at least there it's a thing. So that's number, that's number two. And then the third thing is, is when they say they go to this county, this outlying, you know- Michigan County, where they talk to a Republican election official, anyone who's listening to this show and doesn't think there isn't a difference, 99.997%, not talking about COVID survivability rate, the difference <laughs> between a Republican and a Democrat in the United States to the state, there isn't one anymore. If it has to do with money, if it has to do with lobby groups, if it has to do with think tanks, they're all on the same team. There, there are so few people who are working as true America First conservatives you can't even call them Republicans anymore. I mean, Donald Trump runs as a Republican in party name only. He's not a Republican. He's probably the antithesis of, I, I got it out, <laughs> of, you know, everything that a Republican is not when it comes to the actual, you know, um, political agenda that he had when he was in office. He, he, he was more of a, I would say, like almost a hawkish Democrat, but not a neolib. Um, but it's one of those things where, you know, that, that's what they kind of did. So, so if Mike Lindell is so crazy, why even cover him? Why even have a segment on MSNBC about him? Why sit down face-to-face -face with him on CNN last night and do – it was an 11-minute segment. I just kind of cut that piece. One piece that wasn't portrayed in that segment, which I thought was the most funniest one – no, I know you haven't heard this one yet, but you're going to be very happy to hear yeah. – is when the guy really started to get up in Mike Lindell's face and say, hey, Mike, you want to know what? you might be getting catfished with all of this election stuff going on. <laughs> Do you want to hear what Mike Lindell's response was? Did they have the guy from that show Catfish come in? And no, even better. Listen yeah. to this. Be the victim of a scam here. Well, then why don't you come to the symposium and make $5 million? Are you worried about me? We should give a hug. You're worried about home, Mike? Oh, God bless you. You could possibly... <laughs> he basically told me, come, come here and give me a hug. It, it, hey, play it, that one more time for me. I want to hear it again. You ready? Here it comes. Be the victim of a scam here. 
Well, then why don't you come to the symposium and make $5 million? Are you worried about me? We should give a hug. You're worried about old Mike? Oh. And that's one of the things, you know, <laughs> Mike put out there before this whole symposium was locked in that if anyone who's a legitimate cyber expert with the clearance that the people who he has have or hire can come in and say that the information that he's putting out is 100% false, he will pay them $5 million. Yeah, prove me wrong. I'll pay you five mil. Why? Why aren't people lining up? Oh, they will be. I think come next weekend. <laughs> we'll CNN's going to show up and just be like, "You're wrong." CNN, give me the go- money. CNN's going. Alan Duke's going. Interesting. Yeah, Mister Fact Checker himself. Um, so that was kind of how you know this whole thing started. Uh, there were some other pieces of literature that have been going on. Uh, for the past week or so in regards to Mike. Uh, one notably was that Atlantic hit piece that talked about, um, you know, how the guy who started my pillow might be the person who basically destroys democracy in the United States. There was a, it was a 15-page article in The Atlantic about, you know, the, the stuff that was going on with, with Mike. The Atlantic owned by guy who used to own Apple. What was his name? He died. Uh, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. Yeah. His yeah. wife, friend of Ghislaine Maxwell. Yeah, that's her yeah. magazine, The Atlantic. And, and, and the best part you could take away from that whole article, which was extremely long-winded and extensive and just really tried to make Mike look dumb, um, and I'm reading now, you can mock Lindell, you can dismiss him, you can even call him a crackhead. But none of this will seem particularly funny when we truly have an illegitimate president in the White House and a total breakdown of law and order. Exactly. Exactly. That doesn't really sound like Mike Lindell is trying to destroy democracy. That sounds like Mike Lindell is going to show proof that the election was fucked up and that we are going to have a legitimate, illegitimate president in the White House, and then we're going to have to figure out what we need to do with it. I can't believe exactly. anybody at this point doesn't think that there was something fishy that was going on. Like, they can scream and re and all they want about, you know, there's no there's baseless allegations and Mike Lindell doesn't have any evidence, but it's going to be overwhelming. Like they're not going to be able to discount everything. Yeah. I wonder what, what the people that think that there was apps that still think there was no fraud at all, who still go by that right now. I wonder how they're going to feel when it comes out. What were you going to say, Natalie? Uh, I was going to say it would be uh, funny to put two articles side by side. There was an article, I forget, I think it was the New York Times. I'm not sure, but where they admitted that they they actually had to construct this and that they call themselves a cabal. I mean, they, they outright laid it out in that article. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, was they bolstered time? they bolstered the election. It was a... Yeah. It, 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 was, yeah. it was Time Magazine. Yeah. I actually yeah, have the it. Time, time Magazine. magazine. Yeah, it's it's one it's one of my favorite save tabs. I think nice. it's the last one I have on my phone, and I'll read the headline we've referenced it so many times. It was called the uh, secret history of the shadow campaign that saved the twenty twenty election. There it is. Yeah. Yep. So, and that was basically the right. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. The he was the integrity czar. How about no for the Obama administration? <laughs> kind of lined up all of the biggest unions and big tech in the United States, along with. I'm air quoting voter integrity groups to kind of make sure that 2020 presidential election went down the way that it did. Um, But we know by reading headlines like that and and seeing the crap that's on CNN right now, that this is bigger than Mike Lindell. This is bigger than CNN. This is something that we've referenced several times and got to experience a little bit when we went to Clay Clark a month ago. And, And that's the spiritual warfare aspect of it. 
I know uh, Antoinette and Natalie both definitely buy into that narrative that everything that's gone on, not just in the last year, but basically for the last long while, is just one big play on the whole spiritual warfare angle. And that it's something that's very real and something that goes on every day. Um, Yep. Kind of out of context for the show, but he likes to hear himself talk anyway. Steve Bannon, not Q, had Mike Lindell on yesterday, and they talked about how this whole thing that they're going through right now as we are kind of hitting our stride in, in, in fighting back really feeds into the spiritual warfare aspect of it. Let's hear it. Is this, we're involved in a spiritual war right now. Is that what this all is? I understand we got different, we got different fronts and battles we're fighting, but is this spiritual warfare at the end of the day? 100%. It's been that for uh, uh, years now. And uh, it's all come to a head this year, this last uh this last year, this is a spiritual battle of epic proportions. This is this is what I've been telling everybody. When we get through this, even even non-believers, there are going to be so many people that coming to Jesus. This will be the biggest revival in history because you're going to see miracles unfold. People don't look for hope unless things are going bad, and they're going bad for everybody not just a Republican or conservative. They're going bad over here. You just see what they're trying to do in New York to the restaurants and stuff, these small business owners, and okay, you're gonna be forced to take a vaccine. People aren't gonna do that. They'll lose their restaurants. They've already, you know, uh, opening up the borders, people pouring in and bringing whatever's with them, the drugs and stuff. And and then the, uh, the devil gets inside our youth. They think of committing suicide or they turn to drugs. This is the battle we're in. And all these pieces, when we look back, on, you're going to be able to look back and say, wow, this all had to happen to get to where we're going to this glorious place. When CNN, Steve, it's funny you bring this up. When CNN did that interview, that two and a half hour interview, they actually brought this up about, um, you know, you're saying that this is combined appointments and all these different things and, and the mathematical odds. And, I'm, you know, that's what I always use. I use mathematical odds. You got a one in a million or one in a billion or this could never happen. And when do you ask? add them together and consider it a miracle. And one of the guys said, actually, it wasn't CNN. I take that back. It was another uh, Huffington Post or political or one of the hit job uh, articles. And uh, but they asked me, they said, Mike, is it just what you just there? They said, why would God let this happen? Why would God let this happen? Why didn't God bring this stuff forward at the why did he let this happen? And I said, well, let me tell you, I said, you're in this spiritual battle of good and evil. And we've now think what's happened since the election. If, if we wouldn't have caught this, if we wouldn't have caught this and all these things happen, all the things we're going through, um, you would have, you know, it wouldn't have revealed all the evil. The evil is revealing itself. It's just amazing. It's popping up all over, like like pocket gophers popping up their heads. <laughs> and uh, and where everyone's being, their eyes are getting opened. On the left, the you know, the eyes the eyes are getting opened up. Are people that were blinded before? They're they were blinded by darkness, blinded by media hypnotizing them or, or brainwashing them, so to speak, just pumping stuff down their throat. Social media. When I said a year ago from the Rose Garden, I said a nation had turned its back on God. We need to get back in the Word, spend time with our families, read our Bibles, and uh, get you know. And that, and I, you, what manifested out of that, I mean, it's still here. We need to pray that God gives us grace 
And it's looking like we're going to get that because of all these things that are happening. I can't. I can look back since the fourth and say, "Wow, what are the odds that uh, these guys brought me this evidence on January 9th? What are the odds that you know is, all these different things?" Is this things Mike? Happening? Mike, is this? What- and they would continue to go on a little bit. And you know, that's just one of the things. The evidence that he's referencing is something that we kind of ran into not too long ago when we were at the Clay Clark event. And I talked to that one guy who said, you know, Mike Lindell and General Flynn basically paid. I'll call them what retired Blackwater people ish. Yeah, I can see it to go into some of these foreign countries and get some of the actual hardware that's going to go into some of the stuff that's going to be revealed at the cyber symposium this next week. I just wonder how something like that would be for like quote unquote chain of custody though. Yeah, I was wondering too. I mean, if it's going digitally from the United States dominion voting machines straight to China digitally, uh, is there really a chain of custody there? Well, yeah, I mean, they would be able to back up, not back up, but uh, validate uh, validate or rectify the data with the actual hardware and the electronic records. So, yeah, I guess that would be kind of the same thing. Natalie, this whole spiritual warfare aspect of this, I mean, you've heard a couple people reference it now. What's your take on it? Yeah, I mean, it's like a double entendre, right? So we're like seeing these things unravel in the secular world, right? So we're on this on this earth we're seeing all the corruption but it also is a big window to sin and evil and how rooted and ancient this entire system is that we're fighting against but you know it's it's i think that people are realizing that it's much bigger than us that's why you know when people point fingers at trump like trump 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 did this and he you know uh uh doomers get in their feelings and say that he he ushered in communism, you know, something ridiculous to that aspect. It's like, you realize that Trump isn't Jesus, right? Like Trump isn't God. Like this is a bigger problem than Trump. This is a bigger problem than us. And uh, it's really activating the, uh, it's really activating the body of Christ right now, because now it's like, we're holding everybody accountable. The pastors, we're holding the churches accountable. It's like, you know, there is such a set dichotomy in our country now that we realize what what is contrasted. There's good and there's evil. It's not even Republican versus Democrat anymore. It's literally black and white now. So it's like now that we can see it, now that it's painted, it's like we can rehabilitate ourselves. It's kind of like uh, it's like squeezing the pus out of a wound. Yeah. yeah, like it's it's painful. It sucks. And, you know, there's a lot of healing to do. but in order for us to treat the wound, it has to come out. So, um, you know, I think like it's kind of parallel with the spiritual, the spiritual realm. Like we're, we as Christians, you know, we let this happen to our country. Okay. Like, yeah, let's let the LGBT have their, their marriages and how let it, and let them have our culture and all this and look where it's gotten us. It's, and I'm, I'm fallible in that part too. I'm like, you know, the, this has made me realize, like, y- you got to stand really, really strong on your Christian pr- principles and beliefs, you know, um, and really hold hold these things to the fire, because that's how it's gotten so out of control in this country, because we have let it go. We've absolutely been complicit. Uh, and so, you know, it, it, it also reignites this fire, like, you know, we need to be strong as Christians, and we need to say what's right and what's wrong i mean we we absolutely need to do that and 
stop being so complicit and pass, uh, uh, pacifist in, the, in, these, um, in these subjects. So I see it where it is. He's absolutely right. I think we're heading into revival. It even prophesizes in the Bible that you know, things that look like the end times, it's really it, like it's going to look like the end times, but it's not yet. Right. Um, so I think but the, the reason for that is because there is supposed to be a revival and I haven't I haven't witnessed a revival yet. So that's the only thing that gives me hope that we're on course for that. But um, we absolutely, uh, you know, we need to keep praying for the country. We need to keep praying for ourselves. You know, we're all anointed with our, our gifts and all that. Um, and there's a reason, you know, there's a reason for that. But um, what I was going to say is, you know, I, I just see it heading into revival. This, this is absolutely painted for uh, God's glory. I think that there's going to be a lot that's going still uh, going to be revealed, yeah. you know, um, and I think it's going to send people into devastation to the point where they're going to have to get on their knees and, and ask for God. Uh, we just, we, we, I don't think we've seen anything yet. I mean, especially with the child trafficking and the human trafficking, all the stuff that's going on at the border, you mm -hmm. know, like it's, it's absolutely vile. And um, I think that all of this has to happen. There's a lot of blame that gets pushed and a lot of fingers that get pointed uh, either to Trump or to God. It's like, why would you let this happen? Why would you allow it? But it, it's like taking, uh, I love this analogy right now. This is what I use a lot. It's like, when you take an x-ray, right, you have to swallow the, the dye or they, they give you, the doctors give you the, the solution. So that way, when you take it, it identifies the part that the x-ray has to touch or right. has to scan. Right now, what's happening? We, we took the dye and we're, we're identifying every single level of corruption that is going on in this country at every act. Yeah, the churches, the you know, the, the NGO, everything, everything, identifying that. And now, how do we eradicate the corruption? You got to identify it first. So he's absolutely right. And everyone spiritually secular on this world, like everything's being revealed. And it's it's um, unfortunately it sucks. And it's that we're in a sucky period right now where we have to endure a lot but we're going to persevere through it. And that's also, you know, part of the spiritual fight. So those are, those are my two cents on the whole spiritual aspect. Uh, I think it's good for us. It sucks, but it's going to be good. Yeah. We've, we've shown so much grace over, I don't even want to put a time period on it as Christians. And then we've gotten so comfortable into these yeah. certain churches and pastors, the come as you hours, laffy taffy, you know, don't have to read the Bible, right. just read my Bible plan and the footnotes. And you don't really need to be in the word of God as long as you're coming into the church and donating. Um, and gotten so comfortable with that. And like you said, a lot of this degenery that's going on worldwide. Degenery? Thank you. Right. Um, that we've allowed, we've kind of just put a blind eye to it because we've been kind of trying to solidify the base. But at the same time, we weren't realizing that large parts of the base, especially in the Christian community, have been deteriorating. Um, I think one of the biggest things we took away from that Clay oh, Park yeah. event last month was that there were so many pastors there who said, you know, they're calling out all these big name pastors that are like, all they care about is money. All they care about is people in the seats. They don't care about anything that, you know, is important to actually being a good Christian. 
And the fact of the matter is, I mean, I can pretty much testify, pun intended, to that because I, I did work in a in a mega church once, and I worked there for a number of years. And I could tell you, when we sat in the highest levels of board meetings, the pastor who really felt like he was dialed into God would talk about all of these, you know, prophet-like experiences he was having, these manifests that were happening, these conversations with God and how God was using them was happening. And the people that were in the room, all they kind of just sat there and sat on their cell phones and rolled their eyes and figured out, like, okay, what's the next way we're going to expand our church? What's the next way we're going to bring in more money? What's the next way we're going to do this, that, and the other thing that had nothing to do with the actual scripture or anything that went into the church? So I've seen it firsthand. And right now it's kind of coming back to bite us in the ass. But I do think because every lie is being revealed, we probably Absolutely. are we, we are getting close to a revival-like time in the United States. Absolutely. Yeah, Antoinette, what do you feel about that whole spiritual warfare aspect of it? I mean, it's simple. It really is about good versus evil now. It's not about political affiliation. It's, it's not about the color of your skin, racism, and all this other nonsense, it's literally good versus evil. And if everybody really understood that, we'd all unite much quicker and realize that we all have a common enemy and we'd be able to fight you know, against it. And I feel like a lot of people lost their, their faith for a long time, you know, fell off a bandwagon. But like Mike said, I think a lot of people are gonna be turning to God more than ever. And I've seen it in the last three, four years. It's actually really beautiful. I know it's, it's crazy, crazy shit's happening, but just like he said, without this, I don't think we'd be getting to where we're at right now, no. going to the root cause of all this evil no. to exterminate it once and for all. And plus, people need to feel it for themselves in order for it to never happen again, right. because we've turned a blind eye for so long. We're in this mess because of because of that. Christians should not be as nice anymore and accepting of sin and and all this other shit that's being pushed on us, you know, our kids, um, yeah. moral degeneracy. I mean, look at it. It looks like the end times, but to me, I always thought that the end times was the lifting of the veil of things unknown, seeing things crystal clear. I feel like the end times is the end of evil. And like, like they said, this revival is happening. This like this passion, you know, this love for God and, and all good things is, is it's going to happen. I think we're really close. Yeah. It's I, happening right now. Yeah. I feel the same way. Um, you know, it's just one of those things. I hope as a nation, you know, we've been putting up a really good fight. We need to kind of, as cliche as it sounds, hold the line and, and, and just kind of remain strong in these, what seems like darkest of hours. I've noticed just in our community, let's just say on social media over the last couple of weeks, dark energy, black pill mentality, doomer bullshit. Um, Boomer? Doomer. Doomer. People who are doing good work in our community, reaching out and calling other people who are doing good work in our community, this, that, or the other thing. It's just, they're definitely feeling it. It's like one of those climatic parts in a movie where the light is finally exposing the darkness and you could see them like, you know, like the vampires getting their skin burned and doing everything they can to kind of hold on to the light not being shown right now. And I, I really feel like we're, we're, we're entering that phase of, of this whole movement and, uh, you know, I implore everyone to just keep on holding keep it. it on. Hang. Yeah, and, and doing what they Hang need in to there. Do. Yeah, because it's, it's probably going to get a little bit more uglier. But there's no oh, reason, yeah. there's no reason that, that we should be creating sure. 
new division for no reason in our uh, community, to say the least. Because I think, you know, probably in the in the entire world, we're we're probably one of the strongest there is out there. Um, I agree. So we, we did have a lot of news this week um, in our COVID roundup segment, and there was a groundbreaking court decision. Answer that. We were talking about that, I think, a day or two ago, um, where the judge Wait, ruled uh, in favor of the guy who basically filed a lawsuit against mandates. And, oh, yeah, in Alberta. Yeah, and, and basically the judge ruled that because the science could not prove that you can't the COVID, the COVID uh, virus was not able to be isolated. So, therefore, you couldn't really say um, that you had to mandate certain things. And the mask... There was man- no more justification for yeah. any of the lockdowns and the masking and the vaccinations, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah and like, they basically told them straight up, we don't have any evidence whatsoever. They, sh- they should be able to isolate that, right? Wouldn't that be like a thing? Scientifically speaking, <laughs> sure can. No, they've never isolated it. No. If it existed. Right. If it's not the flu, with little on steroids. Well, they isolated the entire country instead. Yeah, no, and that's the thing. Exactly. Uh, on the end of that ruling, all of the restrictions that had gone on for 18 months in Canada were immediately lifted. That's mask. Got them. Yeah. Digital passports, uh, vaccine mandates, and they were all deemed to be not usable anymore. So I thought that that was a pretty awesome case. That came on the same day that the uh, director of the NIH um, went on the cable news circuits and, and gave some recommendation to parents who really want to help flatten the curve that they are being bad parents if they aren't wearing masks in their own homes around their children. Wow. I got cut off on the way here today on the freeway by a woman who was texting on her phone. Wearing a designer N95 mask in her car alone with the windows up. Designer N95. How do you know it was was designer? designer? Well, it was black and it had some like yellow accents on it, but it was N95 shaped. It's like she had it. Did she crochet N95 on the side of it? It wasn't like a knitting one. It was like an actual one, but they were definitely one of the high end ones. So she was driving a Lexus SUV. She almost drove over the front of my car. Hmm. Should have let her. I'd rather not die. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things. Um, we are starting to see a lot of cracks in the dam that is COVID in the United States. We haven't had a lot of the rallies that we've seen across the world here yet. But that's because a lot of the places, well, number one, the United States is spread out a lot more than a lot of these countries are in Europe and elsewhere. Um, number two, we haven't seen a, a lot more of the draconian type um, lockdowns coming down. Uh, but we did have a, a little... Dr. Fauci, CDC, NIH, WHO team powwow the other day where they talked about some of the things regarding what's going on with COVID right now. And uh, let's listen in on a little bit what they had to say, eye-rollingly. States to encourage vaccinations through incentives, which have made a difference throughout the vaccination effort. Last week, the president called on states and local governments to use funding they have received, including from the American Rescue Plan, to give $100 to anyone who gets fully vaccinated. Minnesota and New Mexico have already stepped up to answer the president's call. If financial incentives like these help us get more shots in arms, we should use them. But in addition to incentives, it's time to impose some requirements based on the realities of different risks 
unvaccinated individuals pose versus those who have been vaccinated. Wait, what? Last week, the Department of Veteran Affairs announced it will require doctors and nurses and other healthcare workers who provide medical care to our veterans to get vaccinated. This is in lockstep with many healthcare employers around the country who are requiring vaccinations and will protect our veterans when they get medical care. At the president's direction, the Department of Defense is looking into how and when they will add COVID-19 vaccination to the list of required vaccinations for the military today. And to protect the federal workforce, their loved ones and their communities, the president announced that every federal government employee will be asked to attest to their vaccination status. Any federal employee who does not attest or is not vaccinated will be required to mask no matter where they work, get tested once or twice a week, socially distance, and generally will not be allowed to travel for work. If I can insert a GIF here, it would definitely be Dave Tony Sh- Stark eye rolling. No, Dave Chappelle, <laughs> Black George Bush, when he's doing the pref- press conference and he does the shut the fuck up yeah, into the good. four different microphones. That is probably one of my all time favorite gifts. And what I would say to people that say stuff like that, um, it looks like the military mandates coming down. Uh, the only advice that I can give to anyone who gets mandated to get a vaccine is, and this is by me speaking with people who are in the legal field. Make them fire you. Make them fire you. Always. It's the only way it's going to hold up in court. If you walk away from your profession because of your convictions in regards to the vaccine, you're not going to have any legal standing because you willingly walked away when they mandated you to do something. If they mandate you to do something that will eventually be deemed illegal, it's the only standing you're going to have is to just hold your ground until they literally fire you. 100%. I've gave the example on the show a couple times. Unfortunately, last year, my wife received mandate to get a vaccine. It was basically an email. It was two lines long. Here are the dates. Here are the times. You'll get time afterwards to recover. It's vax or fired. She chose, and she has her own choices to make to get the vaccine. Okay? She had awful side effects, and she's still having side effects. Still? Still. Well, when it comes down to, like, the, the menstrual stuff. Mm. So, um, but, but here's the thing. When they reconvened in the middle of June and everything opened up in San Diego and they finally started going back to in-office meetings and things like that, she received another email that said, and I'm quoting, now that the department has been 50% vaccinated. Now nobody has to? Dot, dot, dot. No. That's basically how it ends because there were people who basically said, I'm getting this email that says I have to get vaccinated or I'm getting fired. Fuck you. Fire me then. They didn't fire them. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, well, that's unfortunate for your wife. It's a shame she didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 we'll have to see just how things go with that, you know, down the road. But it's just one of those things where just know the only way you're going to have standing in a court of law is if you make them fire you for something that's illegal. Yeah. Know your rights. You know, a lot of people don't realize that it's a lot of coercion and, and just intimidation. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is, and and I really don't think that they uh they they're gonna have a legal foot to stand on when all this stuff is said and done. I'm very curious to see what happens on the military aspect. I mean, there's gonna be plenty yeah. of people who they're just gonna do it just because they they've already been trying to inconvenience people in the military. We talked about it during I the have, interview. So, like, I have some thoughts on that. Like, you know, it, it's 
it's to me it's like people here right like us regular civilians we're we're kind of like revolting we're civil disobedience and all that i'm like in my head i'm like i know we can't see everything and there's not transparency into the military obviously but there's gotta be a military divided i mean you can't think that there are generals and higher ups in the military who are just sick of the shit you know and and are are really really um fed up and I, I could only think like the only thing they have to do is uphold the constitution, which is what they are designed to do. Right. So yeah. it's, it's like, it can't just be us. That is like so sick of the agenda and the push and all that there has got to be a military divided. And I could only, only suspect that this is going to show fruit soon because they're going to be put in a corner and they're going to bite back. Yeah, I feel that. Sure. I know that that's a really good point. I, I feel like, uh, just at like, let's just talk about the regular federal level. Let's just talk about most federal employees or, or like, let's say federal law enforcement. You want to talk about like, you know, uh, secret service or something like that. Yeah. From start of the hiring process to starting your career, just to do that portion of your career cost the federal government three quarters of a million dollars. And then you're talking about their salaries. You think they'd be more careful about who they spend it on. Right, but that's not the point. It's just like, just imagine how many, I mean, we've received so much feedback from people in the military and the federal community. You know, people saying that, you know, we've talked to people, one of our listeners, you know, they're a whistleblower who is working with Project Veritas right now. And they've told us that they work in the medical field in the military and they have been non-forced but administering the VAX. That's part of their job. And they say that, you know, the higher ups there listen to the Surgeon General talk and the Surgeon General of the United States goes around quoting Dr. Fauci like he's fucking God, literally. Yeah. And and basically shames people who don't feel like they're in the same. And and then, you know, we talked about it yesterday when we did like a little practice run for the show that we're doing right now with Antoinette because she was going to be joining us for the first time today. Um, you know, I've talked to people who are in the military that are just like, I've refused several vaccines and I'll continue to refuse all of them, including the COVID one. I don't care how crappy of a, you know, report or, uh, or whatever they give me, uh, you know, goes on my record. It's just not going to happen. So, and they, and they said they're not going to take the fucking PCR test either. They're just not going to do it. They were able to actually like turn down the flu shot and stuff like that. They turned down anthrax and the smallpox. Mm-hmm. So... Why wouldn't you be able to turn down COVID? Yeah. Well, I don't understand. How can they mandate the military to take a vaccine that's still in clinical trials well, and that's under emergency authorization? They're trying to ram that one through before the end of the fiscal year this year. The Pfizer one right now is under final review to be FDA approved by as early as the end of September. And that's just bullshit. Oh, yeah, that's just right. pushing it through. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. It's good. You know, the thing. Don't question it. Take it and shut up. Speaking sort of, of assholes. Dr. Fauci ran the cable news circuit yesterday. I got a couple excerpts. Reservoir. You've been waiting to hit the reservoirs button for so long. <laughs> but let's hear what he had to say in regards to some of the things regarding the vaccine and uh, a little surprise that we'll talk about after one of these clips. An orally administered, maybe seven to 10 days, given to person who is early on in the course of their infection before you get to the cascade of events that lead to the aberrant 
activation inflammatory response that kills people. Because we know now from mm. a lot of experience with the care of these individuals mm. that if you can keep that virus from going to the upper airway mm. to going down into the lung and other organ systems, you can change what could be a devastating disease and make it an upper airway common cold type approach, which is really what we need to do. We only need to knock out that virus for about seven to 10 days rather than lifelong what we have to do with HIV. What are you telling people? So, huh? maybe or maybe not related or completely unrelated. That sounds like something we've talked about before on the show. Dr. Stella Emanuel mm -hmm. filed a $100 million lawsuit. I hope she gets it. Against CNN oh, and Anderson amazing. Cooper this week for demonizing her for her, her pushing of hydroxychloroquine at the beginning of COVID. Yesterday, Dr. Fauci, if we could even call him that anymore, Uncle, not Fauci, but doctor. Uncle Fauci. Was going around saying, without using the word, taking stuff like hydroxychloroquine could it, be used. It was just so funny that he To was, combat COVID-19 in lieu of vaccines. It was like watching him tap dance around it. Yeah, it, it's just amazing. That we, we've gotten to this point. If only there was um, some kind of pill that does these things. <laughs> I'd be very happy. Well, didn't he tell us in like 2005? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, he also talked about the vaccines, which we all can't stand and stomach, but I, I'd like to at least have him on the record for when he's hopefully going to trial for crimes against humanity, um, you know, we'll have some of the receipts on this show. Um, receipts. Receipts. Deal with the Delta variant really quite well. My concern is that if we allow there to be smoldering infection into the fall and into the winter, because winter. those 93 million people oh. are not getting vaccinated for the most part, my concern would be you may allow a variant that we haven't even recognized yet to come along and in fact be better at transmitting haven't and more yet. serious than the Delta. We haven't seen that yet. So rather than be worrying about these others that are around, let's make sure we don't let new ones come in. Well, our... So, I mean, he, he was kind of alluding to they're really running into a hard wall here. Um, I don't understand how many of these people don't realize, like Anthony Fauci, that if they continue to push this bullshit and mask up and vax up and lock down up, that when the midterms do eventually come around, they are going to get destroyed so bad that he will get fired and lose his entire pension. I mean, I know he just turned 81. He doesn't have probably too many years left. If he retires before, does he get his pension? Uh, well, I mean, at 81, you have to be past the age. No, so. but I mean, like, let's say he's going to get in trouble, get arrested. Well, if he retires, does he get it? And then they can't take it away from him, right? So maybe we'll see a surprise Fauci res resignation soon. Well, yeah, I mean, something's going to have to happen. I mean, they've already tried to hem, hem him up, and they've, you know, gone out and, and, and Rand Paul's gotten the receipts for the, uh, you know, gain of function and stuff like that. They even had, I saw a report yesterday that, I know you haven't seen this one, Noah, and you're going to hate it because it has to do with animals. 
Dr. Oh, no, the dogs. The beagles. Oh, fucking no. asshole. Yeah, they, I fucking hate them even more. They're doing these studies where they're injecting beagles with a disease. Parasites, yeah. right? And, and basically, when the beagles are supposed to be euthanized, they're going so far past it. They said there's no way that the animals aren't ex- experiencing abuse-like pain. Torture. Yeah. So, um, one last thing I want to touch on. Man, well, it's going to be a lot of like uh, vegans with Fauci tattoos. They're going to be kind of, whoops. Tell you what, they're not going to be able to walk down the street by the end of this. Uh, you had President Macron's house sprayed with a uh, a water truck filled with horse manure. Nice. Last weekend. Wait, that was last weekend? Epic. I, that happened some other other place. It happened in England not too long ago, but it wasn't <laughs> at his actual residence. It was at one of the outside parts. How do you buildings. clean that? Well, then there was another, with another water truck full of water this time. I mean, right? Mac- Macron's been slapped in public. <laughs> Boris Johnson's car's been pelted with concrete bricks. There was a president. I don't remember where he's from yesterday. Uh, he was walking through a crowd from his limo to get into his complex, and someone threw a cinder block or, or just like a, a real, an actual brick, and it hit him right in the face and broke his nose. Oh, shit. Yeah, on live oh, television. Wow. So, I mean. Got him? Uh, people who aren't getting bricks thrown. Got him. So, uh, any listeners in that particular part of the world, mm-hmm. if anybody wants to Mitch McConnell somebody's desk. They Mitch McConnell the side of his house. Yeah, I know, but like the desk is so much more personal. I mean, your house <laughs> is pretty personal, but. The administration. All right. Oh coffee table took notice with Ron DeSantis this week who has been defying COVID orders Love since the beginning so good uh, Jen Psaki weighed in Hater. during one of her press conferences and uh, had this to say about Big Dick Ron if you are not going to be a part of the solution if you're not going to be a part of saving people's lives then get out of the way mm. and let other people do the job get out and what do you mean by get out of the way I thought it was pretty interesting um, I know Ron DeSantis usually likes to clap back, but I didn't think it was going to be in such a heavy way. Um, you know, he, he's pretty much had it with Joe Biden. We can all remember that we reported on the show. It was confirmed that in some of the earliest days of the Biden occupancy of the Oval Office, they were doing their governor's call. And when Joe Biden tried to call Ron DeSantis out on some of the stuff that was going on in Florida, he basically said, go fuck yourself and got off the Zoom call. I like it. That's how it started. This is where it's at right now in their relationship. It's just, it's domestic violence between two (laughs) government officials. (laughs) Just like in New York City, restaurants should ban young kids from being able to go in because they're not eligible for vaccination. And law-abiding citizens have to produce proof of their medical records just to go to the gym or attend an event or just to participate in everyday society. He wants that, but yet if you want to vote, he thinks it's too much of a burden to show a picture ID when you're voting. So no voter ID, but have to show your medical papers just to be able to live an everyday life? Give me a break. And so I think the question is, is we can either have a free society or we can have a biomedical security state. And I can tell you, Florida, we're a free state. People are going to be free to choose to make their own decisions about themselves, about their families, about their kids' education, and about putting food on the table. And Joe Biden suggests that if you don't do lockdown policies, then you should, quote, get out of the way. But let me tell you this. If you're coming after the rights of parents in Florida, I'm standing in your way. I'm not going to let you get away with it.
If you're trying to deny kids a proper in-person education, I'm going to stand in your way, and I'm going to stand up for the kids in Florida. If you're trying to restrict people, impose mandates, if you're trying to ruin their jobs and their livelihoods and their small business, if you are trying to lock people down, I am standing in your way, and I'm standing for the people of Florida. So why don't you do your job? Why don't you get this border secure? And until you do that, I don't want to hear a blip about COVID from you. Thank you. Got him. Yeah, it's pretty powerful stuff. Nat, I know that you're uh, got a lot of stuff going on in regards to what you do and, and border adv- advocacy. It's, it's good to see uh, Ron DeSantis going out there and kind of saying, once you as the supposedly president of the United States even attempts to try and do your job, in regards to what's going on down there now, then you could talk about things COVID with him. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's like, uh, like you, you do see that there is guys, there are tens of thousands in one breach point that come across in one night. Yep. That's not even to, to say, you know, uh, what, uh, the ones that haven't been apprehended. It's absolutely insane that they're going to uh, push agendas on us. Yes. And yet they're letting all of these, and they're all, they're all sick. They're all coughing. All of them, all of them. It's, it's, it's amazing to me that they're going to push these agendas on us, but they're letting in tens of hundreds of thousands of people every single day into our country with sicknesses, illnesses, diseases, and you know they went, and then there's virtue signaling. Like you, you're you're really gonna tell us that we need to you know follow certain uh, health guidelines? They need to go shove it up their ass. Like it's it's insanity. So Ron DeSantis made a very very uh, a very uh, good point. However, however, it's a little confusing why migrants are also flying to Florida, yep. you know, like it's like the, it, that, that's not stopping these migrants to go into, going to Florida. So it's like, it's kind of like, yeah, we hear you, DeSantis, but also like, you know, they they have these gubernatorial, um, you know, they have the, the power to also defend their state. And I don't really see DeSantis also doing that. So, I, you know, it kind of makes me question why he's not doing that or not speaking out on it. But it's, ab- it's absolutely happening. They're, they're flying cross country. Um, inclu- I'm sorry. They're, yeah, they're flying cross country and uh, they're, they're settle- settling, starting to settle in different states. Florida is not exempt from that. So, no, all, I don't know. All the, all the, I, I, all I've the, got the, some mixed feelings. The Haitians that have migrated up from Brazil that have lived there for right. over a decade and helped build the Olympic complex down there are now all crossing in at, at, at Del Rio and, and getting on a bus to the airport and flying to Florida by the, the tens of thousands, if not more. Well, and these are all commercial flights too with the general public, correct? Yeah. 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 And this comes at a point right now where as of yesterday, the CDC uh, released some information and this is at least one vaccination by race. Um, white, at an all-time high of nearly 60%. Latino, 16%. Black, 10%. Asian, 6%. So if America was founded on racism and always has been racist, and you have Asians, Blacks, and Latinos as the three lowest demographics of at least receiving one vaccination, 
why would you start to institute all of these force mandates on the minorities that obviously don't want to take them for a lot of reasons, which we won't outline on this show, but we have talked about in the past. Maybe you can show your race right. race card exactly. and set of your vaccination card. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it makes no sense. It's a, it's a huge double standard. The, uh, the overall percentage in the United States, according to the CDC, is around 50% of the country is vaccinated. We know they lie about everything. I'm going to go out on a yeah, limb and say... Yeah, I don't believe that. I, I'm going to say it's somewhere in the 30s. It has to be. I mean, every time you bring up these assholes from the NIH, the CDC, the WHO, before these congressional oversight hearing committees, and they ask how many people, they always say between 40 and 60% uh, percent of the people that that work in these organizations are vaxxed. You have the, these uh, CEOs of Pfizer, like, go on, on different um, talk shows, and it's like, well, you know, I'm not really someone. The guy's in his 50s or in his early 60s, and he's like, yeah, I haven't got my vaccine yet. You know, it's just one of those things. Uh, I want to make it affordable to all the people. Like, asshole, if, you, if, if the vaccine's so safe and, and you're pushing it on everybody, as soon as that shit was developed, you throw it in your body. Yeah, you should have gotten, like, the, uh, the weekend, like, hey, everybody, oh. like, we're going to. You know, we'll roll this out for employees. Yeah, this also comes at a time when the WHO has quietly canceled, well, halted for the time being, any production of a a booster that would be administered to anyone moving forward. So Natalie's going to cut out right now. Um, On the heels of her engagement last night, again, congratulations on behalf of the podcast. We're extremely happy for you, and the pictures were beautiful. Um, We want to give an opportunity for everyone who listens to this show to find you either on social media, the groups you're affiliated with, the work that you're doing. Nat, you do so much for the border. We really didn't get to touch on as much. We're going to have to bring you back again. Um, it, it's it's awesome that you're going on a surprise vacation, but I, we really need to have more of a border-focused uh, episode when you come back on because yeah. of just all the advocacy you're doing and the actual on-the-ground work that you're doing to bring awareness to the situation that's going on. So can you tell our listening audience all the different places they could find you, your podcast, whatever? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, on speaking of the border, you can you guys can actually follow Border Network News. That is one a very specific, um, you know, program that actually does a lot of the independent journalism in that aspect. Then, um, you know, for me personally, I do the political commentary and as well as truth truther type of content on YouTube. You can find me at Natalie Denise. Um, my name is pretty unique enough where if you just type in N-A-T-L-Y mm-hmm. and then Denise, D-E-N-I-S-E, it'll pretty much pop up for you. On Instagram, you can find me the same, natalie.denise, um, and uh, same uh, the telegram is the same, Natalie Denise. So um, if you're on any sort of social media, except for Twitter, Twitter hates Hate, 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 hate me. They just nuked my fifth account Ugh. yesterday. So I was trying to won't tag you on Twitter anymore, but um, You're catching up to us. <laughs> yeah, so they, they absolutely hate my living guts. I don't know why, but um, anyway, so not so, Twitter, but everywhere else, Natalie Denise, that's where you'll find me. And uh, also the daily traffic. Um, that's where I do uh, daily trafficking headlines. That's uh, the daily. And then traffic is spelled T R A. F-F-I-C-K. So I appreciate you guys. And thank you to all the listeners for uh, checking out, checking out our work. Yeah, you do. You do so much good work. And uh, we're very thankful that you took time out of your busy schedule to come down with us. And uh, we'll be talking to you real soon. Absolutely. I love you guys. Thank you so much. Bye, uh, Nick. And bye, Antoinette. Bye, sweetheart. Thank you so much. Bye, guys. Later. So one of the biggest things I thought that was... uh, coming across the airwaves this week that was 
I think a major distraction was the uh, sacrifice of none other than party tits himself, Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York. Eat the sausage. Dip the garlic. Nipple rings Cuomo. Dip the garlic nuts. Party tits. In the sauce. <laughs> yeah, it was it was uh, pretty interesting to see. And this ties into the beginning of our show where we touched on briefly um, Newsom versus Elder that maybe even not as long as a year ago, Andrew Cuomo and Gavin Newsom appeared to be the Dems' next dream ticket for a run at the presidency moving forward, whether it would be after Joe Biden runs again or in 2024. So, you know, that just of what they did um, and how their coast-to-coast influence helped ruin the country during the pandemic lockdowns um, just seemed to be enough. Uh, we've pointed out on the show several times, there was points where when they were doing the changing of the guard in the White House back in January that, you know, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris just weren't attending any of the uh, Zoom meetings between all the governors. And Andrew Cuomo was pretty much running the nation. And to see how fast those two have fallen um, is pretty funny to me because I don't see it as anything other than you know, pretty much a distraction. What do you guys think? I think it's a distraction for sure. I mean, it's notable, you know, it's newsworthy, but I think that they're throwing these guys under the bus for sure. They're not giving them any help whatsoever because um, they want to distract from the audits. Yeah. I think, I think it's also pretty funny that the ruling um, from the New York state attorney general came out less than a week after the DOJ said they were dropping any and all, Investigations oh, yeah, that's right. Into the over 15,000 people who died in the nursing homes per Andrew Cuomo's mandates. Let's hear what the attorney general had to say in regards to how she felt um, this case was going in regards to Governor Cuomo. And an investigation has concluded that Governor Andrew Cuomo sexually harassed multiple women and in doing so violated federal and state law. Mm. Specifically, the investigation found that Governor Andrew Cuomo sexually harassed current and former New York State employees by engaging in unwelcome and non-consensual touching and making numerous offensive comments of a suggestive and sexual nature that created a hostile work environment for women. So, so that's, that's how it started, and I, I think everybody should know before we even move forward at all, that um, the attorney general of the state of New York has gubernatorial aspirations. So even though she's a Democrat and supposedly on their team, I think a lot of her motivation into bringing these accusations to light have to do with the fact that when he is eventually recalled, um, she'll be throwing her name in the hat. I wouldn't doubt that. Yeah, 100%. Um, Joe Biden weighed in. I know Noah doesn't care, but we're still going to listen to what he may or may not have coherently said about it. I mean, the only reason I want to hear what he says is just to hear what he says. How he says it. He said that if the investigation confirms the allegations against Governor Cuomo, then he should resign. So will you now call on him to resign, given the investigator said the 11 women were credible? I stand by that statement. Are you now calling on him to resign? Yes. 
And if he doesn't resign, do you believe he should be impeached and removed from office? Let's take one thing at a time here. I think he should resign. I understand that the state legislature may decide to impeach. I don't know that for fact. I've not read all that data. And I mean, the only reason that they brought up impeachment is because Andrew Cuomo, later that afternoon, defiantly struck back at these allegations and made a case for himself. Um, In his video montage that he had ready? He did. Let's 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 hear what he had to say. I kiss people on the cheek. It's what I do. And I respect that. So I am limited by what I can say. But her lawyer has suggested that she will file a legal claim for damages. That will be decided in a court of law. Trial by newspaper or biased reviews are not the way to find the facts in this matter. I welcome the opportunity for a full and fair review before a judge and a jury because this just did not happen. Other complainants raised against me questions that have sought to unfairly characterize and weaponize everyday interactions that I've had with any number of New Yorkers. The New York Times published a front page picture of me touching a woman's face at a wedding and then kissing her on the cheek. That is not front page news. I've been making the same gesture in public all my life. I actually learned it from my mother and from my father. (laughs) It is meant to convey warmth, nothing more. Indeed, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of photos of me using the exact same gesture. I do it with everyone, black and white, young and old, straight and LGBTQ, powerful people, friends, strangers, People who I meet on the street. After the event, the woman told the press that she took offense at the gesture. And for that, I apologize. Another woman stated that I kissed her on the forehead at our Christmas party and that I said, ciao, Bella. Now, I don't remember doing it, but I'm sure that I did. I do kiss people on the forehead. I do kiss people on the cheek. I do kiss people on the hand. I do embrace people. I do hug people, men and women. I do on occasion say, ciao, Bella. On occasion, I do slip and say sweetheart or darling (laughs) or honey. Garlic nuts. I do banter with people. I do tell jokes, some better than others. I am the same person in public as I am in private. I doubt it. Yeah, exactly. He's a little bit more, a little bit more jingly in private. Mm. You know what I mean? Oh my god! Fruitcake, leather-bound books, ass cheekless chaps. Oh god! And the ball gag. I don't need that visual. Fuck's sake. And if it couldn't get any worse, even his own mayor 
Mayor de Blasio. Oh, de Blasio threw him under the bus like I, no other. I, I hate that guy too. Well, he's very hateable. Oh my and God. He's extremely popular. And there's well, a hamburger so, aspect to this deal. And his wife wears the, she wears the custom N95 mask with like the pedo symbols on them. Mm. Yeah, the pedal swirls. Yeah. So, but was look, that like during uh, New Year's or something? Like yeah, that? it was New Year's Rockin' Eve, if that's what you want to call yeah. it. Yeah. Um, let's hear what, what, what Mayor Bill had to say in a quick weigh in on. Uh, Party Tits's behavior. He's out of options. So this is just a matter of time before he's gone. If he was not such a narcissist and he actually could think about other human beings, he would say, hey, you know what? I'm doing a lot of damage at this point. It's time to go. Uh, he, think about those 11 women and what he put them through. Just out of respect for how he wronged them and trying to atone for his sins, he should step aside right now. But also think about almost 20 million New Yorkers who are suffering. Just get the hell out of the way. I mean, in the end, maybe he could close off his career with one act of dignity and decency and Damn. just step aside. But don't bet on that. Damn. So, yeah, it got that bad. And, and like I said, just a few short months ago, this guy was leading the COVID meetings for the entire nation as the governor of New York. He's being propped up as a possible presidential candidate with a tag team duo of him and Gavin Newsom, which I feel, just in general, because we talk about it all the time, New York and, and, and places in California like Los Angeles, San Francisco, they kind of try to shape the narrative of what the entire country is like, even though that narrative is false and is not the way the entire country is. You would have two of the most prominent figures on one ticket. Right. I, I think it would be pretty formidable. Um, you know, and all they would do, they, they would just lie about their resumes like they have done for everything. But I don't necessarily see this as anything other than a distraction. I just don't know why they would take pretty much two of their party's darlings and not only throw them under the bus, but then run them over several times after that. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. There was also joint, yeah, it is. <laughs> joint statements from some of the governors of the tri-state area in New York. Um, not New York, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, and New Jersey, they issued a joint statement, um, as did Nancy Pelosi and, and Chuck Schumer issued a joint statement. We don't really care about any of those. Um, who we do care about is, like, people that, you know, are out there working on, on our behalf in the community, people like um, Doug Mastriano, senator from Pennsylvania, who weighed in and said, it appears that Governor Wolf is cutting ties with Andrew Cuomo, but they will always have fond memories to look back on such as mirroring the same disastrous COVID policies that exacerbated suffering in their respective states. They slaughtered thousands. Excellent yeah. job. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much the gist of it. Um, and, and that's kind of where we were at in regards to, uh, you know, everything going on with him. Noah, I know you've been, you've been quite a fan of party tits over the last year or so. <laughs> fan? Well, you like making fun of them. Oh, I love making fun of them. You do a pretty good in person. I think we, you know, you're, our Fauci's and Cuomo's are pretty good. Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, it's, it's kind of sad to see. It's like when Saturday Night Live, back in the day when it was funny, their cast would roll over. And, and I do make jokes. Yeah. Some I, better than <laughs> others. I do kiss people on the forehead. It's just what I do. Straight, gay, young, and the old. Old. It was like he was reading I a book report him. or something. No, he, he had a video montage Indeed. corresponding that yeah. was pl playing on a monitor. It was terrible. You know, yeah. you just can't fake shit like that. Um, and, and it's pretty sad to say that, uh, you know, that that's kind of where we're at in regards to uh, the State of the Union right now. Seems like we're on the, the heels of a pretty big week. 
Boy, did we cover a lot of stuff this week. Noah, you look a little tired. I'm very tired. Antoinette, we can't see you yet, but I'm assuming that you're tired as well? Kind of. Well, I know what I'm not tired of, doing this show. And as we segued last week from closing one book on Steak for Breakfast podcast, I think we really did a good job this week of turning the page to a new chapter. We welcomed in our new host, family member and friend, Antoinette, and we had a great guest with Natalie Denise. Um, and I think there's a lot of positives that came out of today. We got some kinks to work out, maybe with our uh, audio and visual department. <clears throat> Uh, but, but we're definitely going to get there and continue to bring you guys the news with commentary that you've come to love and share every week. Speaking of which, you can subscribe to the Steak for Breakfast podcast, um, rate it and review on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Podbean, and Google Podcasts. Uh, don't forget to download the show. Our episodes are uh, easily streamed on our website, steakforbreakfastpodcast.com. I know a lot of people have been reaching out this week and saying that they've been having some issues with iTunes, especially in the Midwest. Just do yourself a favor and circumvent all that bullshit and go over to our website, which has links to our social media and things of that nature. Speaking of social media, um, Steak for Breakfast uh, Podcast.com again is the website. Steak for Podcast Breakfast is our Instagram. Hit the notification bell there. DOS23TRES is our Twitter handle. And now, since our host has quite a robust Telegram channel, Antoinette, why don't you tell our listeners where they could find that? So you can go to my channel on Telegram. It's t.me slash AntoinetteCollage17. And from there, you can also join my chat and interact with me and all, all of my followers. And let's get some news out there. Sure do. Some yeah. Of the latest. It's a pretty awesome Telegram channel. They got a lot of the stuff that you'll see on the show um, in there, plus more. Uh, download, listen, like, follow, and share our content. Um, show credits for this week. Of course, Miss Natalie Denise, all she's doing down on the borders and uh, for human trafficking and sexual trafficking advocacy. We appreciate her coming on the show. But also some of the usual suspects, The Daily Breb, Miss Wonder Woman, Cagbro88, James from We The People Radio, Canadians 10, Christina Bob from OAN, Tom Pappert, the editor-in-chief of The National File, Verse Mockingbird, Mostly Peaceful Memes, and Mr. Mike Lindell. Um, don't forget our sponsors when you're out there. We don't just read them in the show because they give us money or anything. They don't give us anything. Uh, they're American-owned and operated small businesses, and the only thing that we want to do is direct you to their websites to go out and, uh, you know, help them make American small businesses great again. Um, Odyssey can be found at odyssey.com. They're also on Facebook and Instagram. And they did give us headphones. Stay Ready Gear holsters. Yeah. Can be found at stayreadygearusa.com. They're also on Instagram and Facebook as well. Man Rubs is on Facebook and Inst Instagram. Don't mistreat your meat. Spice it up with some man rubs. Mm. Stuff's actually pretty good. I use it on a, a lot of the stuff that I make. Sometimes I have to combine it with other things when I'm dabbling in different cultures of food preparing. But mm. it, it's definitely tasty. Cultural appropriation. Right. Absolutely not. Mike down at West Coast Survival <laughs> Arms. He's on Facebook, Facebook Messenger. Just send him a question. If you have any questions about purchasing a firearm, if you have questions about purchasing ammo and things like that, he's on Facebook Messenger. 619-870-6992. Also. Did he get his Facebook back? Uh, he's on the Messenger, so he has the Messenger app. Okay, good. Yeah, I know. Uh, I talked to him last week about ammo. Did he get nuked? No, I just think he was. He had his website down because he was redoing it. Oh, right, right. right. So, uh, mediocre medic. If you're in the medical field, I know there's several of you over the last couple of weeks who have sent me screenshots of riding in the bus 
with Steak for Breakfast on the Bluetooth radio. So nice. I appreciate you guys listening. But if you want some gear that's mediocre by name, but high quality in actuality, MediocreMedic.com. And then if you want the gold standard of all tactical gear, the home of the Zero Fuck Stuck, Mark Joe Friday at Dumpbox and Dumpbox.us. Um, upcoming shows, we've got a lot of them. Remember, next week we're going to be going to two shows a week. So we're going to have Lord Petty on Tuesday. And we're also going to be joined by um, Joe Kent, running for Congress in Washington State, America First candidate. We're going to have him on. We're going to vet him the same way we have Jen Haig, the same way we have Anthony Sabatini. We're going to let you guys make your own decision. Um, uh, next Friday, speaking of candidates, Rachel Hamm, who's running for the Secretary of State in California, she'll be joining us for an interview. Uh, Wonder Woman on the 17th of August. James from We The People Radio on the 20th. Uh, Noah and I, hopefully Antoinette, will be joining Dr. Cordy Williams for a dual cast in the morning on August 24th. And then we'll have American Honey herself. Soon to have the American Honey podcast. Miss Ricky Lynn on the 24th. Dang. Yeah. Moving towards the end of the month, on the 31st of August, we're going to have Norbin Laden. And on the 7th Sweet. of September... Kayla Michelle, the Fit Patriot, is going to circle back. We talked about her business. We talked about her walking away from the modeling industry. She was our first guest on our first show that we all did together as a group, and she'll be circling back to do the news with commentary first week of September. So I don't see anything wrong with that. I think it's going to be great. Um, got some friends to mention before we get out of here. As usual, Axia 2.0, Kalila 3.1, Light It Up 908, Wits Up 717, Real Brenda Memes of the Real Brenda Memes family. Kathy underscore Needles. Baby Cakes 2.0. Nobody has to giggle now. What if Antoinette thinks it's funny? What's that? <laughs> Perfect. What did I miss? Um, and there's just a couple things we'd like you to do in between this show that we're recording today and next week when we pick it back up with Joe Kent and Mr. Lord Petty. Do your own research. Probably the most important thing. If any of these things I'm about to read, you don't do. Do one thing. It's your own research. If you don't agree with something we say on this show, fact check us. We're playing you audio that literally happened. We're playing you news stories that have taken place. We give our commentary on it, but you need to go and do your own research. So We're not going to give you $5 million, but we would appreciate it if you prove us wrong. Perfect. Uh, hold the Good line. Good luck. Always. Ride it. By the dip. Get the fuck in here. Snatch the wigs. I forgot to ask her about it, but I'm sticking with it. I like it. Uh, let's see what happens. And most importantly, where we go one, we go all. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode number 52 of the Steak for Breakfast podcast. We will be back next week. And on behalf of the crew, I'm Rome, sitting across from Noah and looking into a Zoom screen at a still shot of Antoinette, hopefully soon to be a camera. Soon. I liked it. It was a good one. But until next I week, so. yeah, do everybody a favor. Stay tuned and take care. Bye. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm coming to you with the most important commercial that I've ever done. All of you know what my pillow and myself have gone through in the last five months in my efforts to bring the truth forward. Well, it's all come down to this. I'm having a cyber symposium on August 10th, 11th, and 12th. This historical event will be live streamed 72 hours straight 
on my new platform, frankspeech.com. You can help by getting everybody you know to go to frankspeech.com now. To help support this Cyber Symposium event, I am offering some of the best prices ever on my pillow products, but they're only offered at frankspeech.com. Go to frankspeech.com now and use the promo code on your screen or call the 1-800 number below to receive these exclusive MyPillow offers. Thank you and God bless.